Episode 149, Above Ground Podcast. The tables have turned. Disclaimer. The hosts of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley, are by no means medical professionals. However, having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Above Ground Podcast. Whoa. Heavy, heavy, heavy on the loudness there. Wow. Um... Yeah, we're back for another week. TPP, you know who that is? You down with TPP. You down, 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 down. That's got to be cut out. (laughs) 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 We're ready. Take two. We have a really special episode this evening, actually. um, We have a guest with us. Uh, My wife, Heather Foley, is here. Say hi. Hi. Wow, look at that. The sultry saying. Is this thing on? What are you doing this evening? How are you and why have you joined us for this for this fun filled however long it goes on for <laughs> train wreck? <laughs> well, I'm joining you lovely gentlemen this evening because you're in my house. Um, but aside from that, I'm joining you because for the longest time, I thought, hey, th- these two guys over here, they need to be interviewed instead of being the interviewers all the time. So here we are. We're going to break it down with Will and Tim <laughs> on the Above Ground Podcast tonight. Wow. So I've got a list of questions here that I'm going to be asking you tonight that I came up with all on my own. Wow. So we're going to delve into these craniums of you guys and, and see what's really up in here. <laughs> up in here. <laughs> up in here. Yeah, up, up in, in here. here. All right. So, and you guys can answer individually, together, rock, paper, scissors, whatever works. Shoot. Here we go. So, for those folks who are just joining you, maybe for the first time ever, or maybe for the 148th time or whatever episode number this is this evening. Maybe they could use a good refresher. So what inspired you both and how did this whole podcast start in the first place? I think I was, I don't know if I was inspired right away. I was, it was more of, um, it was more of a coming from the place that that I can't like I guess coming from being I don't I don't know how to put it coming from a place of suffering my own suffering and my own hell um, and being able to walk through that inferno with some skills and the knowledge that there's stuff that is out here that can help people and, and, and help decrease their suffering 
that I didn't know about. So I assumed that others didn't know about it as well. So I was like, well, you know, this, this could be beneficial to some people. And, um, and maybe the inspiration kind of came later when, you know, when Will and I kind of, I, maybe it was more of a Will's idea literally, with the podcast. Dude, we, it was literally like running into you. Yeah. Almost literally and figuratively in Whole Foods. Yeah. And literally coming around the corner and, and like literally, okay, how's this going to turn out? And then having the conversation about just checking in, seeing where we were both at, and then deciding we were going to get together for lunch. Yeah. And I remember saying to you that I was I was been thinking about a podcast for a while just because it's like the perfect medium to to try and and I remember you saying that you had kind of had the same idea and and you were telling me about all the all the peer stuff because that was at that point I didn't I had been in uh I had been involved with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for a couple of years at that point but I wasn't as knee deep in it as I as I would become. And when we started to put this idea together in like 2018, because it took it took almost a good year for us to actually get to putting anything on tape and sitting in a room together and and then starting this process. So we decided that the best way to use our voices were to use them together and create some content like we do and the only goal for us in the beginning was I, I had Pat Flynn, who if anybody out there listens to podcasts probably knows who Pat Flynn is. He is one of the top podcast people ever. Uh, Smart Passive Income Podcast was very, very um, influential in the beginning of this space and, you know, back in the 2000, early 2010s. And he said that you have to have seven episodes to go when you release your first one and that was my goal and we set that goal we hit it and the first you know in the first 40 episodes are okay but you can tell we're finding our way and finding our way in a dark room sometimes but it it works and it's it's become pretty it's become pretty cool man we've met some really cool people mm, met some really cool we've, people we've we've been the caretakers of some pretty deep heavy stories man and to have people come on and open their wounds up and be willing to to get dirty and to get and to get sad and to cry and to laugh and you know it's it's pretty incredible and i'm humbled by it there will be no laughing this time around all right so you just said that you ran into each other in whole foods and kind of reunited because i'm not the singer in this group but thank you will foley um so that being said how'd you guys meet in the first place oh jeez, music shack man is that what it was yeah it was yeah. music shack yeah timmy uh through kevin probably yeah through kevin but yeah. you know like, it was when you were working there that's when i first right met right you. yeah yeah because but you just used to come in the store a lot yeah and my poster was hanging in the store ah which that's was, right which was funny because when i found out who you were and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, because I had, because I didn't, because again, when we were playing, out, right. we were playing out at the same time, right? We just, just happened to be in different of, circles, right. so yes, I didn't, I only knew who Section Eight was because of the the one song that they used to play on VCR all the time, and I used to crank it up whenever I heard it, <laughs> and I, but, and I would go into Music Shack. 
twice a week, every week. And Timmy was there, and Timmy was working there with Kevin Maloney. And Kevin Maloney has a really cool tie to the show now, too, because our new uh, intro music, which we'll be debuting pretty soon, Kevin did for us. So big shout-out to him, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, that friendship started at Music Shack. And then I eventually went to work with Timmy uh, for the United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for the uh, next next yeah and uh i had a eight and a half year career there and then timmy and i didn't really get a chance to talk too much but we were in a band together for a short amount of time that's true called splinters of tomorrow but uh we've known each other now for shit man 20 it's gotta be 25 years it's gotta be yeah because i was definitely i was definitely 25 then Wow. So That's yeah, crazy. dude, it's twenty five years. Quarter man. century club for you old timers. Yeah, I, I mean, like it. Like I think about it. Like all this, like everybody that is really close to me outside of a certain circle, I've known for that long. Like it's just yeah, it's insane. Me too. Actually, now that I think about it, <clears throat> who or what are your biggest influences in your healing journey, in your podcast journey? Definitely Alan Watts would be um, on the list for me. David Goggins would be on the list for me. I like the content that um, Lewis Howes puts out. What else influences you, though? Because you got way more influences than just that. Well, I know, but she, yeah, but the question, I'm sticking to the, the oh. question. Well, I mean, podcast-wise, of course, you know, but also just as you travel through your journey in this thing called life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, like I said, Alan Watts is um, big. Um, David Goggins is big. What about music, dude? What about music? What about she Because she's talking about your whole healing journey, not just the podcast. At least that's the way it was kind of, it kind of came out to me anyway. And Take it as you will. Let me think about it. All right, get back to me. All right. Willard Foley. Oh, I, truthfully, I the whole podcast thing, I happened <clears throat> I happened to find by entering in three through Joe Rogan back in like 2011 or so when I 2012 2012 that was early on yeah and I was in Dean Dwyer who um has now had several different podcasts several <clears throat> start and stop podcasts uh a po- the, his first podcast that he did was actually really beneficial in me like like seeking help and treatment for my depression and um the but the biggest the the most influential teacher as far besides life has definitely been Wayne Dyer for sure and it's you know I I used to think teachers had to be some people you personally knew but the the fact is is that you can get to know somebody so well as far as their teachings go by absorbing all the stuff that they put out and luckily there's such a wealth of content that he produced that you it's it's impossible to not be around and Jerry Kalana Jerry Kalana's book reboot has been so so huge man as there's nothing like that's where I got the excavating the wrecks because he's the one who said it and it's like you you can't there's no treasure until you excavate the wrecks and start 
cracking open the locks, man, and saying, okay, what's in there? Let's do it. And I, I'm an old, like, I wanted to be a DJ. I really did. I, I did. And I think podcasting is the perfect way for people like me to live out that that crazy fantasy of pretending you're, you're you got the slow, sultry voice. Hey. Yeah, I think Wayne Dyer for me a little bit too. Just now that you said it, it didn't like he wasn't like an original, but like just having Will introduce me to him and then, you know, learning more about him as a person, but then also reading some of his stuff is um the, I can't remember. He's got a few books, but the one that really I can't remember the one that stuck out, but he he would definitely be on the list for sure. Yeah, Alan Watts for me too though, man. I have I have most of the Alan Watts collection, the big collections on on my phone and uh that that stuff is deep stuff, man. And he was definitely a, a way ahead of his time, but it it, go, it it was funny because that whole time period produced a lot of really deep insightful people. If you guys individually or together could be on any podcast as a guest if the sky was the limit and you could just knock on a door and say here i am what one would it be oh rogan yeah that's what i would say is rogan everybody wants to hear that joe who wouldn't want to be on rogan he's above crown podcast guys want a piece of you But I think I think not. But there's other podcasts though. That well, there are is, but I think not necessarily. I, I, his, I like his space, and I, I, I like what he does. You know, um, not just because of, you know, his outreach. You know, what I mean, obviously, I would hope to get some recognition from it. But, but it, I'm just saying, if we were to be on, I just, I would like. I think he's a. I think he's a cool guy from what I understand him to be and and what i see him to be and i think he's um knowledgeable all around so i think it would it would just be a good conversation i enjoy good conversations with people and i think it would be a good one yeah me too just because and i i've been listening to him i i and granted i have not been listening to a lot of it recently because i i'm not into hunting talk and i don't always want to hear about mma stuff either i mean i like it but i don't want to hear about it a lot and i don't listen to some of the odd stuff but he's introduced me to so many good people, man. His partner, Aubrey Marcus, that podcast, the Aubrey Marcus podcast is such a fuck it's such a fucking amazing podcast. And he's a psychonaut and he's done a lot of deep work, man. And it's just like it makes you wanna go to the jungle and and go to Peru, man. And it, it's just it's awesome stuff. But but yeah, I, I, I would love to sit down with him. And I would love to have a conversation with Stephen Pressfield because The War of Art, such a huge book. And just now that he's podcasting and and that's how I found him was through Rogan and through Aubrey Marcus and stuff. So that whole outreach, that whole crew, Duncan Trussell, uh, Joey Diaz, even though Joey Diaz was in movies before I realized who he was and then listening to his podcast. But his podcast is great if you just want to, you know, be silly and you know, take part in things and, and laugh your ass off or whatever. But Aubrey Marcus's podcast would be that that would be awesome. I would love to sit down with that dude. All right. So I know you guys just mentioned books and movies a lot. So pick your top two favorite books. If you could have only two books with you for the rest of your life, what would they be? 
Definitely um, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz would be one of them. It's on my to-read list. One of the best things written. I think it's uh, Becoming Superhuman, Joe Dispenza. Two books. So the first book is actually a book that a lot of people may not be familiar with, but um, I love Rabbi Rami Shapiro, who uh, writes a column for Spirituality and Health, and he's written books, and he actually compiled a book in 2019 called The World Wisdom Bible. And that Bible, that book distills down all of the all of the big religions including and and the Bhagavad Gita and the Tao Te Ching and everything and distills all the wisdom in sections of all of it from the Bible, the Quran, all of it. And I think it's I think you can always find something in that book no matter what. And then the other book is is reboot. There's I just there's been so much that's been loosened up and shifted that Who's that, that by? That, Jerry Kalana. That book and his podcast would be cool to be on too, man. He's I would love to sit down and talk to that dude because that dude's so mellow. And... We'll go with your top two favorite movies. Oh, two, man. two, Jesus. Sorry, really, two. Nobody said this would be easy questions. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna count this as one. But uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> all right, we'll let you. We'll let you. Wow, do that. you're gonna count a trilogy. Yep. Man. It's all right. All right. And okay. want to play that way? Um, I would. Oof, I would probably say I'm gonna go with the comedy just because. I, I, um, I would probably say Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, that's a great flick good too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good flick. Top two movies. You well, should love that movie. You love Tater Tots. I know. Well, I do. I love Napoleon Dynamite. It's a great. Oh God. Um, top two. That I, it's just it's. I, I'm I know. Gonna, I'm gonna. I know. Do, I'm gonna do it because I have to. That's what I did. Jerry Maguire. Ah. Because I. I now here's the toss up. It's either Jaws or Rocky. Okay. Different reasons. However, I'm gonna go with Jaws, and just because it's one movie that never gets turned off no matter what part it's in the middle of. I don't care if Quint's getting chewed up and and it's only got five minutes left or if it's at the beginning and Chrissy is running out to the beach and, and going in to get to go be a morning snack. It's all like doesn't matter. It it just stays on and that's it. It's like it's Jaws. Hey, there's Brucey. Yep. Smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody laugh. I killed that bitch. <sighs> All right, I'm surprised you didn't say Rocky, but I get that Jerry Maguire is a is a life altering decision making flick for well, you. Well, okay. so is, so is Rocky, but when you I get it. knock I get it down it. to two, I get it. Jerry is there for you with your lowest <laughs> times and at your best times. Earlier, you talked about. At the height of your suffering, the epitome of your suffering, what what would you say you guys did, do, were, are suffering from or with? What is your worst situation of suffering? Like imaginable or just what I what I no personally with? your personal experience of suffering. You can describe it or explain it. Oh my gosh. 
Um, I mean, for those who are listening and are in your shoes or similar in your shoes or have been but don't even realize it or know it but don't kind of know how to put into words or what do you suffer with continually I on think, a daily basis? Well, I think – let me just say this. Uh, I'll try to sum it up through cognitive distortions. Um because I think that is sort of at the base of most of it, which fuels the negative talk, which fuels the negative thoughts, which then fuels the knee deep, eye, eye hole deep and shit. Um, so, so definitely something from the cognitive side of things. Um, just, ugh, I, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to this, to, to, Try to sum it up quickly, but it doesn't. Have, that's okay. It doesn't um, have to be I, I, you know, I, let me say this then. Let me say I'll, I'll try and wrap it up in a. You're fine. To live life being misunderstood, simultaneously having low self worth and trying to push ahead, I think would be one of the biggest struggles that I have. Yeah. Feeling. Like an imposter, I would say, is the big thing because it causes it causes you like feeling like you can be something maybe that you're not supposed to be. Get caught, get get stuck in a rut of trying to be, and you realize that that's not really who you're supposed to be. Low self esteem and a low self value causes you to question everything about yourself and about things that you've been taught and about things that are said and about things that happen and everything. So it, it creates this fractured sense of self. When you live with a fractured sense of self, this piece over here, this piece over here, like you, it's hard to, until you start to connect the dots back to try to glue them back together where everything kind of plays into it. And from a very early age, I did not feel wanted and I didn't feel connected to the people that I needed to feel connected to. And that caused a, a brokenness in me that it took years to understand why I do some of the things I do or think some of the things I think and how, it's, and how it, it allows for ruts to develop really fast because you get stuck in, you get stuck in the cycles of you know, wanting things to be different but not knowing how to be different. And um, when you have like a, a baseline melancholy that is always self, that's always self-induced and self-reflected and self-defeating, it you. It's the infinite sadness. It is. It is infinite sadness. Kind. That's kind of what it is, in a way. But it. And it but I, I'm. And, and I, I like. I'm just, I feel like I'm in like this, this dark cloud over me. Because I can't even like laugh at this point because that was funny. Well, you can laugh at your podcast. You're allowed. (laughs) We're all about the puns. It just, it it was just, I, I, and I wasn't even trying to get that deep. It's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of layers to it. And like, yes, I, I have a diagnosis of um, bipolar two. I have a major depressive diagnosis and those diagnoses are just, you know, they're clusters of symptoms that 
happen to look like this or look like that. So they have to give them a code and they have to give them a name. So they're just, they're, they're parts of me. How do you think you have both helped reduce and relieve some of the struggle or have you, or regardless of how hard you try, it'll always be there for our own selves personally, personally. It's all about you two tonight, gentlemen. How how have we relieved some of it? Is that... Yeah, how do you feel like since you've been on your healing journey and you've worked through it every day of your life, how do you feel you have gotten some relief? Awareness and acceptance. You know, just being aware of it. I think like identifying it and sometimes you can, you know, naming it, I, I think that alone for some reason gives some kind of relief and some kind of power like okay now i know what it is at least i can kind of put the the name to the face um and and i think did i say acceptance i did say acceptance yeah except just accepting it and like some people get really hung up on 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 a diagnosis and oh i have this diagnosis and i don't know how it's like and I'm not minimizing it, but it's just like, it, it's, it's a, it's a word. Like I don't even use it. Like I don't even, it doesn't matter to me. Like it's like, we're all in this thing, whether whatever it is that you have or not, it's like, it's all, it's all, it's all here. We're all here. Like we all have this, whatever it is, you know, we all have something. So Everybody's got Let's some kind shit. of work through it and and create an understanding because I think through understanding would would you know amount to some compassion or empathy towards others and and just uh, I don't I don't know the correct word I want to use like um just the ability to go okay like this is not a, a bad person you know they they live with this i don't know what this is like but maybe let me learn a little bit about it and it would help understand why this person took the actions they took so basically through accepting your own diagnoses and understanding it better you've understood yourself better and then can help better accept yourself and you wish that other people would do the same well i mean yeah whether other people do that i mean i think that that it would be better if they did. I mean, I can't really, you know, but acceptance with anything that's different that or people that people don't understand is always the key. Yeah. And I think being your own advocate as well as, you know, it's like being your own therapist and, and, and learning more about it and what you can do, you know, there's things out there that you can do, um, you know, just by, by reading and learning things and understanding yourself, you can, work towards it better or work with it better sure. you know I, i've said it before it's kind of like a a dormant volcano for me is it's i don't know if it's something that will ever just disappear it's something that's always going to be there so it's like accepting that part of it and accepting that there is going to be bad days and um mm-hmm. you know just pushing forward the best that i can do because that's at at the end of the day that's all that matters is the best that I can do is if if I know that it was I did my best, then I can't look back on it and and, and have any kind of extra suffering or, or misplaced guilt thrown on top of what already is. It started with the willingness to 
to realize that if I don't do something about it, it's going to consume me. Now, the consumption, I just won't allow to happen at this point. But does it ever go away? I don't think it ever goes away completely. I think it's it can be put in boxes. It can be put up in the closet. It can be put up in the attic. It can be put in a storage unit. I don't think you can ever get rid of it because truthfully... In those situations, I actually have learned more about myself than I ever thought possible. And I've also learned a lot more about just relationships in general, like our relationship and just like a relationship with Tim. And it's and but you have to in order to to not suffer, you have to be willing not to suffer. And unfortunately, when people who live in a live in a a self a self-made hell of unworthiness it's very comfortable to suffer because you know what that's like and when you know what something's like it's easy to either fall back into it or it's easy to not feel very comfortable when it's not there anymore so it's very uncomfortable to be not have that suffering but yet it's now it's more invigorating than it is all-consuming that makes sense. So it sounds like acceptance, understanding of yourselves, bettering yourselves. That's the biggest. Is always a beautiful thing. Yes, and I think that's the biggest takeaway. I and I, I can't speak for him directly, but I would think that we've learned the thing that we wanted was to learn about ourselves, and you can't not help but learn about yourselves when you are taking care of the things that you need to take care of. And when you are willing to look at everything, and that means everything, good, bad, and ugly, the ugly, the indifferent, everything, you, you get a different sense. And it, it, there is an acceptance, and you have to accept it. You have to accept your responsibility in it, and you have to, expect, and you have to accept your complicitness in allowing others to do it. And then you also have to accept that Sometimes, unfortunately, we don't know any better just because, A, we never questioned it, but B, we didn't realize that it was actually a a fucking problem. I mean, living with people (coughs) with, you know, mental wellness issues my whole life and, you know, in adulthood and childhood and then as well as working in that field in the past, I've definitely noticed several things like self-awareness is huge in people recognizing their issues and their struggles. But then as people do begin on healing journeys, getting comfortable with themselves at a different level and learning how to just be and just accept themselves and just and tackle themselves is an obstacle because you live in the shell of this person for so long when these struggles and these issues and these thought processes and then once you start to dissect that and think differently, it's, it can also be incredibly uncomfortable for people. 